0: This par- this shir, Parashat Emaur Tov Shev Zion, is sponsored by friends of David Wick, Zikrono Lebracha, and his memory, Lilui um, nishmat David ben Mordechai Shmuel, Zikrono Lebracha. The Shir is about Svirata HaOmer, and specifically the pasuk that appears at the top of the page, U'sfartem lachemi mocharat Moharata shabbat and you should count. The Torah says, "Mi Shabbat from the day after Shabbat." miyom yom Omer from the day that you bring the Omer. An Omer is a an amount, a quantity. We'll clarify that in a moment. Hatnufah that is waved in the Beit Hamikdash. Sheva Shabbatot, seven weeks they should be, well, the word tamim means unblemished, full, uh, without, uh, without less, it has to be exactly seven Shabbatot mimot yena. So we know that there is, this is a, there's a famous machloket uh, between the rabbanim and the stukim. Stukim were, I mean, it's hard for me to explain exactly, but they were, uh, they were the enemy. It was the Rabbanim, that's us. We have certain interpretations of the Torah that override the simple meaning of what's written in the Torah. And they didn't always accept that. They said you have to go according to the Pshat of the Torah. So here, in this case, it says that the Svirat HaOmer starts Mimoharata Shabbat. Now the simple understanding of the word Shabbat is the seventh day of the week. But we don't start counting Svirata Omer on the seventh day of the week. We start counting Svirata Omer on the day after the Yantif of Pesach. So that means that we interpret the Pasuk in a more difficult way. Along came the Tztukim and the Tztukim were inherited their ideas, many of the ideas, were inherited by the Karaites, which existed much later on. I mean, to give you an idea, that Stukim were around at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, before the Churban Vayetcheni, right, which took place in 70 CE. The Karaites, uh, we know about the Karaites in the ninth century, hundreds of years later, uh, which were organized by somebody named Anan ben David, Right, the Karaites. So uh, and they exist till till today. I mean, if you wanted to meet some Karaites, you could. There are large Karaite communities in Alexandria, in Egypt, and in uh, Yalta, uh, in, and all over Russia, actually. But the the Karaites, uh, the Karaites have largely disappeared. They, they just got integrated into the Jewish people, even though um, the achronim, many achronim paskin, that they were, it was difficult because the Karaite Kituba in our, with our halachic sense, was pasul, not the ketubah, the gerushin. The gerushin of the Karaites was not acceptable by rabbinic law, which means that if uh, a man, a karite man, uh, divorced a Karaite woman, and then she married a Jewish person, man, their children would be mamzerim. In, in other words, they lose out because they're Jewish. If they weren't Jewish, that would be a lot better. I mean you wouldn't have any mamzerim. You don't. Mamzerim can only be produced by two Jews who are not supposed to marry each other. But a Jew and a Goy, uh, or a Jewess and a Goy, don't produce mamzerim, right? If it's a Kohen, they produce a Halal, but that doesn't matter so much today because there's no Beit HaMikdash. So in any event, these Karaites that really exist today in the old city in the Old City, there's a Karaite synagogue, which I think is still functional. And uh, the main center of the Karaites in Israel was in the city of Ramla. Although that also is kind of disappearing. Because the, the children, the non-religious children of non-religious Karaites, marry Israel. they're Israelis, and they marry other Israelis. And they somehow get lost in the shuffle, and it just assume that they're that they're Jews. And so, as the generations go on, there are just less and less of them. They just don't ex- hardly exist even today. In uh, in Yalta, Yalta, remember Yalta, where Putin invaded? No, Putin <laughs> invaded. <laughs> So Putin invaded Yalta before the Ukraine. Mm. So in Yalta, in Yalta, there's the world center of the Karaites. Uh, I was there, by, uh, actually by chance. I had no idea about where I was going, but there's nobody there. Mm. There's just uh, a Russian uh, non-Karaite uh, guard who says you can't go in. And so you give him a few rubles, then you can go in. That's, you know, that's his business. But that was the world center. And there were a a lot of Karaites in Russia. In Leningrad, Leningrad, there's a library called the Leningrad Library. (laughs) Very imaginative in Leningrad. And in that library, is the Firkovich collection of Jewish books, <laughs> books and manuscripts. There was this rich guy whose name was Firkovich, and he collected these books, and eventually his library became incorporated into the Leningrad Library. Now, Firkovich was a Karaite, and a lot of the things that he did was were done in order to develop an appreciation for the Karaites. Um, in the early centuries, in 9th and tenth centuries, uh, there were Karaites in Eretz Israel. I mean, uh, in Babel, and Eretz Israel, a lot of Karaites. There's a book um, called, interestingly enough, "The Karaites," by um, a scholar whose name was Ankori, Tzvi Ankori. It's a good book, full of full of interesting information. But as I said, the Karaites were Jewish, the Tztukim were uh, Jewish. They had this issue with Pshat. The issue with Pshat also had to do with, um, had, had to do with the, with the Muslims and the way they interpre- interpreted the Quran. They were very, very concerned about words and the meaning of words and grammar. And they influenced, uh, it's hard to imagine, but they influenced the Jews in the study of these areas, including philosophy in as far as it was connected to words. If you, if you go through the Mora Nebuchadnezzar, you have a little time on Shabbos? You can go through the Mora Nebuchadnezzar. It's taken me 40 years, but you could do it over Shabbos. The, the you, you, you told us in the summertime when it's a Shabbos. Oh, yeah, when you, when you have a little spare, we have a little spare time. Well, now they're not going to have Mabat lechadashot for two days. So you have, there you have all time, right there. So, uh, so the Rav was very interested in pshat. You see that, that, that this idea that the Torah, that the written Torah, should reflect the halacha was not something that people always thought was so important. It was, everybody said, well, here's the pasuk, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu said about the pasuk, and that was good enough. That was good enough, but then, at, at some point, the tzedukim came along to it, tzedukim and Baitusim, but usually we call them tzedukim, and the tzedukim said, there's, there's got to be a correlation between the halacha and the posok. And so when it came to me, Moharata Shabbat, this became an issue that apparently a lot of Jews thought was, was really a question. How could it be that the Pasuk says we Shabbat and we treat the word Shabbat as though it says Pesach? And if 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 in fact it is Pesach, why did the Torah just write Pesach? What was the point of the Torah writing me Muharata Shabbat? That's the that's the, 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 the that's the issue. That's the issue that took place. But the broader issue had to do with the relationship of Shat and the Posuk, Shat and the Pasuk to uh, uh uh, to the halacha. The halacha now this was something that was a later a later concern. It, it, it took pl- place very much at the time of the Tanoim. The Tanoim keep referring back to psukim. They say, here's the halacha, here's the Pasuk, here's the halacha, here's the Pasuk. And this idea that the Rishonim, the idea that, you know, that there's, there are mitzvot min ha Torah, because the Torah speaks about them, and then there are mitzvot that are not spoken about in the Torah. But this whole, this whole uh, uh, thing, I think, was under the, the influence of Islam, who had a very high regard for the, for the words of the Quran. Now, I don't know too many examples, but I know that this is true. And the Jews were influenced by this idea that words should correlate with the, uh, with the halacha. And so they started uh, making drashot and and drash, many drashot, many drashot are just a way of connecting the pasuk to the halacha, even though the drasha itself it doesn't always make that much sense. But the idea of it was important. We see drashot in the, the that the, what we see drashot in the Talmudic times also before this predate. You mean Talmudic times after the Tanoim, the Amoraim, yeah, That predates the Muslim, right? That no, what? That the Muslims. Which Moko? Muslims.
1: Muslims. Muslims.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying the Tzudukim, but the, the Muslim influence uh, uh, widened and deepened our interest in these things. Mm. And that you see that in the Rambam. You see that when you learn the Maura the Rambam's concern for words and their meaning is tremendous. I mean, you know. You have, to, you have to look at the Rambach. So here we have this problem. The Pesach says, mocharat And we say it means the day after, the day after uh, Pesach. So Rashi says, mocharat mocharat yom tov. So Rashi is telling you something. Like, what is Rashi saying? Rashi is saying that since the word Shavat, I think, this is what Rashi since the word Shavat means you don't do Malacha. Right? That in the context of yamim tovim, Shabbat means that you don't do melacha. So that means that Shabbat could refer to any day when you don't do melacha. So that could either be Shabbat, the seventh day of the week, or it could be yom tov. When we also do, uh, uh, we don't do melacha. Then the word tmimot, tiyena, tmimot. So we know that that's the halacha, that the counting has to be for the entire day. When does the entirety of the day start? It starts at night. So even though we all know that if you don't count Svirata Omer exactly at the beginning of the night, you still have to count it later on and you can count it all the way till the morning. And if you don't count it all night long, you can still count it during the day without a brachat, and you get credit for it. Nevertheless, nevertheless it is true that the word t'mimot must mean something. And, And according to Rashi, what t'mimot means is that the counting of the days have to be about complete days. So if you say now is the third day of the Omer, so you mean it's the I've I've got the entirety of the third day coming up in front of me, okay? Patsut tezayin ad mi ha Shabbat hashviit tisparuha bishem So now we have another problem: mi macharat hashabbat hashviit. Since we now know, we now know that uh, uh, we start counting from the day after. Uh, Pesach, Rosh Pesach, and the next day is the first day of Sefirat Omer, and we count seven weeks, right? Seven weeks. Admi mocharat Hashabbat, tisperu yom. It sounds like, it sounds like you count one, two, fifty, but we know since we're in the in this business, we know that that's not true. We only count one, two, forty-nine. The 50th day is the day after we finish counting. So that the pshat and tisperu chamishim yom doesn't mean that you actually count the 50th day, but tisperu in such a way that you'll know when the 50th day is. So you only have to count 49 days in order to know when the 50th day is. But that's what, doesn't then it says, him in chadashat Hashem, then it said new korban, a mincha, that you bring on the 50th day. Now on that 50th day, that fifty day is called Chag uh, HaShavuot. Uh, it's the holiday that is defined by the counting of weeks, right? It's also called Zman Matan Tarateinu. But you understand that that's a contrivance. In, in other words, all things being equal, it's not absolutely necessary for Zman Matan Taratenu to come out on Shavuot. What? Why? Because I know the date of Matan Taratenu. Zman Matan it has a date. What is the date according to the Gemara? Six or seven. You nervous? Okay, let's say Bab Sivan right vav sivan is a date now in between the day you start counting Svirata omer and vav sivan there are two rosh chodesh events right mm-hmm. er and sivan er and sivan and now you know rosh chodesh the way we have it figured out could be one day or two days that means that you never know that there'll be a correspondence between the 50th day and Vav Sivan. Why should there be? But when they made the calendar, when they made the, what we call the intercalated calendar, right, the calendar that goes somehow according to the moon and according to the sun at the same time, it's like like a tricky thing, Uh, we worked it out so that it'll always be that the fiftieth day, which is called in the Torah Chagat right. Shavuot, will also be Sivan, which means that that day will always be Zvan Matan Right. I thought there are four months that are always one day, Rosh Four so, months that are always two days. So four that very So yeah, that's be, a contrivance. Right, right, right. I'm saying, right, it must be that two. But that's two how months. we did it. Right. That's how we did it. We made sure. That the Rosh Chodesh would not interfere with this correspondence between Chag uh, HaShavuot uh, and Zman Matan Teratenu, but that's something that we invented. We, meaning we who made the calendar. So now, uh, look at the at the Rashi. Ashabata Shviit. Right, Admi Macharata Shabbata Shviit Ketagumot Shavuata—that's shavua Shviata—the seventh, the seventh week, right? And then he says, Admi Macharat Hashabbat Ashviit. This peru, Rashi says, the Ad Bichlau. It doesn't mean that you count the fiftieth day. Lo Ad Bichlau. Ad Bichlau means inclusive. Ad Bichlau that's what you count you count 49 days and you get the 50th day for free right you know it's the 50th day but you don't have to announce it you don't have to say it's the 50th day you don't have to say anything it's just there it's the day after you finish counting the day after you finish counting is the 50th day 50 days Right? Chamishim Yom. That's what it says in the Pasuk. The end of that Pasuk. Chamishim Yom. We That's what it says. So, what does it say in the Pasuk? That you count 50 days. Against Rashi. I mean, it seems like it's against Rashi. Rashi says, you don't count 50 days, you count 49 days. I mean, Rashi, he knows what he does in his shul. So, the Pasuk says, Chamishim Yom. Fiftieth day, you count fifty days. We count them. Hashem, be yom Khamishim takrivu. Be yom takrivu. What does zemidrasho mean? The obvious meaning of zemidrasho, according to Rashi, it isn't pshat. It isn't pshat. What's pshat? That you count the fiftieth day. That's what the pasuk says. You count fifty days. He says. He says no. The halacha is, you count 49 days, and you bring this new Korban on the 50th days. If you want to understand the Passoc as it is written, the words in the Passoc as they are written, until after the seventh week, Shehu Yom HaChamishim, Tisperu, Ad. You see that word Ad? See the word Ad at the beginning of the pasuk. So he says, you read it, Ad, you start from the word Ad. Ad mi mocharat, until the day after the seventh week, the end of the seventh week, Shahu yom you count until that day comes, but not including that day. And then Rashi says, U mikram What does Mikramisorasu mean? The word order is not uh, uh, appropriate. You have to change the word order in the Pasuk. Rashi thought, Rashi thought, and he says this many times, that changing the word order in the Pasuk does not affect Pshat. It's Pshat. what's the classic example what's the classic example of sirus hamikra in the parasha of the shallach with the man the torah says that if you take man and you leave you take too much you take more than you need right so it'll turn bad it'll go rotten you won't be able to store it you can't put it away and that in the Torah, the words that are used in the Torah are Vayarom tolaim vayivash. Vayarom means all of a sudden they're going to come out. What's going to come out? Tolaim, words. W- worms, worms. Vayarom tolaim. And then the word vayivash. What does vayivash mean? It stinks. It, it, it'll there'll be worms and then it'll stink. And all the rishonim, all the rishonim, the Ibn Ezra, the Rashi, and the Rambat, they ask this question. It's wrong. The, the, the order is wrong because first it stinks, and then it gets wormy. I'm no expert, but I'm willing to believe them in this case. So first it stinks. It's a the Torah said? How the Torah says by your own tola'im Question so the ibn ezra who is you know often very reasonable and logical he says well it was a miracle in, in other words in order to indicate to us that this whole process is kind of miraculous so the torah tells us which goes against our experience but makes sense in the context of it makes sense in the context of uh, a miracle rashi says rashi says no miracle it's just the wrong word order and then he says it says in the Torah but what does the Torah really mean? and so it doesn't matter the Rashi says you you want to change the word order to make it fit into some scientific information that you have that's Rashi that's Rashi. The Rabban was against that. And therefore, and in this case the Ramban went with the Ibadesra against Rashi. But that's called Sirus mikra. That's called Sirus mikra. You change the word order in order to make something that is reasonable. What do you want to do here in this Pasuk? You want to make sure that the Pasuk says you count 40, 49 days. And then you have the fiftieth day. So that's what, so we have two problems in this parasha. One has to do with the Shabbos and the other has to do with the counting, the counting of the Omer. Okay, I want to, I want to look at uh, the Hamekdavar. You see the Hamekdavar? The Nitziv. And he says, Satam Svira, Mashtam Svira, I'm sorry, when you say Svartem to count. Balev. You count in your heart. Uh, everybody knows that uh, a woman for example is, there's no obligation to count the days out loud uh, the, the woman is trusted to, uh, to count on her own and to come up with a, with a correct uh, resolution so and Tzmimot is, uh, is clear. I don't have to explain that. We shouldn't say that if Pesach comes out in the middle of the week, In other words, he, he uh, has a different problem. He says, what happens if Pesach is on Monday? So you start counting Severs omer on Tuesday. So from the puzzle, you could say the end of the week is always on Shabbat, like sort of like a blended kind of Karaite position, right? The Karaite say you always start from Shabbat, but he say the the chief says somebody could come along and say that every that the second week starts from Shabbat, so the first week would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos for all four days and the second week would start from shabbos and be a four weeks as so you can't say that you can't say that either <speaking in Hebrew> that they should be to the week should be to me <speaking in Hebrew> Nevertheless, we don't understand why it says "Tisbruch Hashem Yom Shari K'vah LaManu <laughs> Medichteiv Sheva Shabbatot BeRote Mishum Hachi Dorish Rav Yochanan Ben Zakkai BeMenachot Shebalaf Tokeh Mitat Hatzdukim." So that that when when Rav Yochanan ben in the Gemara and Menachot said that the that the Torah wants us to deny the position of the tzdukim. This wasn't just the statement that he made, but it was pshat in the pasuk. Why does the pasuk stress twice, sheva shabbatot and hamishem So that it seems said that's because we don't want the pshat of the tztukim. It, it, they don't have to be tztukim; they could be anybody. It was anybody could ask that question. Everybody could say, "It says shabbat." I mean, you know, why does it say shabbat? It could be pesach. So anyway, that's what that's what the background. That's the background. Now, I want to read a halacha of the Shulchan Aruch. It's at the bottom of this page. The halacha of the Shulchan Aruch, amazingly enough, says, Siman Here, I even brought a Shulchan Aruch with me because I, I, find it, I find it a bit odd. I find it a bit odd. I mean, you know, you could always be surprised Here, here, I'm looking in the Shulchan Aruch, and the Shulchan Aruch said, you have it on the page. I'm just going to look here, because I brought it. Siman lekviyat ha-mo'adiv. There's a siman. The word siman means sign, S-I-G-N. The word sign means it's something serious. You you could imagine that the sign is just something cute, but no, no, it's serious. Now what is the sign? The sign is Atbash bash gar dak vaf Now you know that, the, that the, uh, even already in the Gemara there was uh, this idea that words and letters you could generate meaning by doing odd things to them. For example the simplest thing that everybody knows is that you can make a gematria you take a word and you translate the word into a number and then you find another word that has the same number right and then you put the two words together and you have something to think about atbash means atbash means that where there's an aleph you write it tough because so you take the first letter of the hebrew alphabet and the last letter of the hebrew alphabet the second letter next to the last letter the third letter Three letters on the back, and then you use that that code to decode what it says in the in the Torah. That's called atbash. So atbash, at aleph, taf bet, shin, gimel, resh, dalet, kuf, etc. Peyrush. Well, what does it mean in our case? B'yom bishol shol pesach ab etc. Now, in order to see that. Uh, just turn the page over, your page, and I have it, have it worked out in a really nice way. Which, by the way, I got from Wikipedias. I don't think that, uh, you know, it's all there. It's all in, it's in Google someplace. All you need is a more Derek for Google, and you know everything. So you see, Aleph the Haga Pesach. You see what it says? That the first day, whatever, the first day of Pesach is like it's a Monday or a Tuesday. So that taf, Alef Taf, tisha B'Av, Right, tisha B'Av, It'll also be on Tuesday. If you if if uh, if Pesach, first day of Pesach is on Tuesday, the B'Av is on Tuesday. Bet, the Khag Pesach, the second day of Pesach, is the day of Shavuot, Shavuot. And then in, the, in the Google was a Zionist, so he put in Shichur Yerushalayim, Yom Yerushalayim Most of Google is Zionist. Google is Zionist. Most of Google is the other way around. Really? Yeah, a lot of hard. I don't read that. Gimel the Chag of is Rosh Hashanah, right? And Dalit of Chag HaPesach is Simchat Torah. I mean, that's in Chutz La'aretz. Simchat Torah is the ninth day of Sukkot. Right? That extra day. Hey, the Chag HaPesach is Yom Kippur. Now, Vav the Chag Pesach is Purim shavar In other words, usually Purim comes out before Pesach. You know, Adar, Nisan. So, Vav the Chag they didn't have, it didn't fit in with anything that was coming up, but it fit in with Purim shavar Right? The Purim that passed already. And Zion, the Chag Pesach. believe me, this for a while caused certain people a lot of trouble <laughs> hey be'iyah zayin the Chag whatever the day of the week of zayin the Chag is, is the same day of the week as Yom HaTzma'ut hey be'iyah this day i think the Svater met someplace comments on this i think he started out by saying how could this be because this is really prophetic it's in the Shulchan Aruch. What's in the Shulchan Aruch for? Well, why does the Shulchan Aruch want to tell me this? Because there's some kind of relationship that is established here between important days of the Jewish year, and what are the important days of the Jewish year? It turns out to be Yom HaTzma'ut. Fortunate for those who think that's an important days of the year, but not fortunate for those who don't. So now. That's but but if someone who says that's good, no, no, no. That's that's Google. All right, I thought it was all campaign. Google says no, it's Google. No, but it says but it's true. It's a yes. Hey, yes. yeah. It's hey. Yeah, it's hey. Yeah. I mean, doesn't doesn't matter. What did the Sfarament say? What the Sfarament? What did what did he say? Svatamet so said, it sounds like there's something real there, you know. But he was... He didn't like before. it. He didn't like it. But he was before 48. It was? But wasn't it? Wasn't the Svatamet? Yes, thing? but it's in there. It's in there that this, this has no, this thing has no uh, uh, real correspondence, right? Has no real correspondence. So the Svatamet said, there is something that's going to happen. All these things are about the future, except for Purim Shavar. So they're all about the future. So he said, There's something here that we don't know yet. It's going to happen. So maybe it happened. Let's look at the Conditions Lady. Look, Conditions Lady, you see it? Rav Levi who besides being a good, uh, you know, like uh, somebody who was interested in the Jewish people also had something interesting to say about the problem that we are dealing with. Look at this. That's what our interpretation is. We start counting the day after the Yom Tov of Pesach. So he says, I mean, the obvious question is, why is it called shabbat why should not it be called pesach we have Al alpi Maamar breshit bishwil yisrael that there's a drasha about the word breshit bara look at breshit Rashit, that what what is the beginning of all things so the one of the drashot is yisrael that god created the world for yisrael Okay, Nitzah Kol Ha'olamot Nivruu Bishvil Yisrael. All the worlds were created for the Jewish people, or in order that there should be a Jewish people who were met. Listen to this: Ad she'ad Yitziat lo nitkale Adai in Avat Hashem and until Yitziat Mitzrayim the notion that god created the world in order that we should be as we are was not clear it wasn't obvious before yetziyat mitzrayim that that was the reason that the world was created it's only yetziyat mitzrayim which was the makheh as should they say the finishing touch to the creation of the world you say ah now there's a world now there is really a world because the jews are jews and they know what they're supposed to be doing and they understand the relationships and everything it all happened everything had to do with, with Mitzrayim. and we now understand why the world was created right that's where right that's a hard word to define but it means special a special relationship between god and b'nei israel that took place at the time of yetziat mitzrayim now you know that this question why did god create the world right that question is not a question that they ask anymore in yeshivot or in the the, the, the the houses of study that I know of, but once, yes. right, it was a real question. Every kabbalist asked that question, right? In the beginning of the Eitz Chaim, Chaim Vital wrote up all of the Arizal's uh, ideas. The first question in the book called Eitz Chaim is L'ama bara Hashem et ha-olam. Why did God create the world? Now, we would say, I mean, we rational types, we would say, how are we supposed to know what God meant to do when God did what God did? Because, you know, because we're like Rambamistin. But the Kabbalists, they say, oh, it's simple. So his answer, the Irizal's answer is that God wanted to express mercy. Like you say, uh, uh, in the anthropomorphic comparison, you say you have a certain quality. You're righteous, or you, or you give charity. You would like to give charities. You can't give charity if you don't have any money, so you have to go make money so you can give charity. So, so the, the same idea uh, uh, somehow is connected to God. That God is merciful, but to express that, there had to be some object of mercy, and that's the world. That's the world that God created. But this is what he says that the creation of the world. You said they stopped te- teaching this in schools. Why? Why what? Why did they stop uh, discussing this in the yeshivas? And because I think it's easier. It's too hard to, to discuss. Y- y- yeshivas, they don't like hard questions. They, they, they spend a lot of time confuse, confusing the students and wearing them out. So they can't ask questions. But, you know, maybe there are differences in some Yeshiva I Pesach Shabbat Huh? There you have it. So it means that Pesach is like Shabbat. How so? Ki atam Shabbat. ki bo Shabbat malachto. That's what Shabbat is, Shabbat, Shabbat that, that there was an end to something, that something came to an end. Uh, the malacha of creation and on Pesach God stopped thinking about making something new. It was it was done. It was done done, right? There is Shabbos in heaven and Shabbos on earth olam. On Shabbos you understood what making the world by God was all about. That's what happened on Shabbat. And on Pesach, on Pesach we understood why Yisrael somehow are integrated is integrated into this idea of, of creating of the creation of the world now. and then the world was created the world was created when? on Pesach because in that world there are people who now understand their responsibility to God and that was what the creation was about Ki az we became aware of what God was about, and the idea of creating the world became clear to us. It was that, that there should be some group of people in the world who get it, who understand what it is that that, that it's all about. And Pesach U Shabbat. Because just like Shabbat is the end of the physical creation of the world, Pesach is the end of the ideological creation of the world. So that to call Pesach Shabbat according to the Badechiver makes sense. It makes sense. That's what the Torah should do because we're talking about Yitziat Mitzrayim and we're talking about a change that that overcame Am Yisrael, etc. Now, you ready? You ready. Bizesh Amur Abuteenu Zal, there's a commodity at the end of Shabbos that says Ilushamu Yisrael Shne Shabbatot. If Bnei Yisrael would just keep two Shabbatot, then the Mashiach would come. There would be a guulah redemption the more that you serve God and adhere to God's directives the more you understand why the world was created and that's what they hint in this business about Pesach that in Pesach there's an at bashkar al yamim tovim haba'im. Right, that that what are yamim tovim? Yamim tovim are again a reconsideration of Pesach, a reconsider. All yamim tovim. It's like reconsidering your relationship to God in the created world, so that what should be the model or the the, the the underpinning of all the Yamim Tovim in the Torah, it should be Pesach. And what is the proof that Pesach is the underpinning of all these things in the Torah? The Atbash. Because it all comes it says that first day of Pesach you have this and second day of Pesach you have that. So that sounds like what you're saying is that underlying everything is Pesach. What Pesach underlies everything? The Pesach that we call Shabbat. That is the underlying thing of everything. Vav pei, you see, vav Vavpe. vav pay, More al Purim she'avar. The only one that refers back is Purim, right? Vav is the day of Purim she'avar. So he goes on and he says, "Vayayim b'mogad Avraham na Mavi." Naveen, I didn't bring the Moggadah Prod. Lama al kol yom How come this works for the future in every other holiday? But for Purim you have to go backwards in order to make it fit in. You know we've had the occasion to refer to this Ramban many times. You should learn it. The end of Bo. Parashat Bo, there's a very long Ramban but it's worth the effort. Baruch Hu according to the Ramban that there's no Teva, according to, everything's a miracle. Everything's, even if it looks like it happens every day, the sun rises every day, but it's because God said to the sunrise. It was because God wants it to happen. So that's called a miracle. That's called a miracle. It doesn't matter that it, it can be analyzed as Teva according to the Ramban. The Rahman was also a scientist. Uh, he was a doctor. So he knew science, uh, you know, as it was in those days. But the Rahman didn't think that there was a contradiction between your ability to analyze phenomenon and the idea that it's all comes from God. And he said that everything's a miracle. Everything is a miracle, even though it may look like what we call Teva. Teva is a natural, something natural. There are things that are meaning they're noticeable. You say you don't expect them to happen. They don't belong to a pattern. But it's as far as the things happening in the world, everything, everything is a miracle. The Shame, meluba shem b'teva, kinei shel veEsther. There are miracles that seem to us to be teva, nature, like the story of Mordechai and Esther in Machash veRosh. Sharagish he killed his wife. Vachakach harach ohabo bishvilish he killed Haman before for for Esther. Shanei Esther eb that the miracle—it looks like like the guy's a lunatic, so that's normal. I mean, that's teva. Teva, you have a lunatic. So he says, "V'yesh ni sim shem." I'm sorry. Aval ka shen nidgaleh ni sim teva kines shel yitziat mitsrayim as nidgaleh shagam zeshu na sebet teva hurak bin. Hashem levado, we see that even those things that are na- nature or natural also come from God. Ki min ha-nigle, neresh ha-nistar, shenasa b-teva, al-yedei Hashem levado, ve b-teva, lo b-teva klav. Okay, one more sentence. V'hinei kol ha-nissim shukadu bat-tora, dzitsyad mitzrayim all the miracles before Yitziat Mitzrayim like the the battle of Abraham against the kings, it looks like teva it was a battle it was a war, etc. So. So that after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, trying, after according to the Paditra, according to after Yitzhak we're able to reconsider the historical portions of the Torah. And when we read the Torah the first time around, it said, "Oh, Avraham Avinu felt badly for Lot that he went to fight, that he fought against the four kings, that he beat them, and that sounded like a reasonable thing." to us. that's how that's how it works. But after Yitziat Mitzrayim, we're able to go back and reflect upon the earlier stories that we learned, and we realize that they are also in the hands of God, and that that, that everything, is a, everything is a miracle. So what about? So why is Purim backwards? Why do we look back upon Purim? Because all of the other holidays depend on Pesach. Pesach generates Rosh Hashanah, generates Yom Kippur, generates things. But when it comes to this idea that Pesach changed our vision of the world, we have to go back to Purim and say, oh, I thought when I learned the story of Purim, I thought it was nature. Right? does what we say, Hesterponim, that, that Purim is something that looks regular. It doesn't look like we see God's hand in Purim. But once you see that, once you learn about Pesach, your attitude to Purim changes. And Purim becomes also the miraculous hand of God. And that's why in Purim you have to go backwards. You have to look back at Purim Sha'var. That's what the that's what the At-Bash says. So there, I think that the, the, uh, the Bhabitra said two things that are, uh, that are of, of importance. One is that Pesach is the root of all things. We learned that from the Atbash, And that may be the reason that it's included in the Shulchan I mean, the Shulchan copied it from the tour. It appears first in the tour. Why the uh, Rav Yosef Karo put it in but it doesn't tell you any halachic information that you have to know. I mean, well, if you don't know that the first day of Pesach equals whatever it equals, you're not losing much. You just look at the calendar and you look, but but the Padishua said, no, no, it's of primary importance to understand that Jewish history starts with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's the beginning. And everything is colored by Jewish history. And then he quotes the Ramban, who said that everything is a miracle. And surely, surely if you believe that God is somehow in charge, involved, and in charge of the world, that there is no way to distinguish uh, a miracle that seems to be natural and a miracle that seems to be less than, less than natural. And so the idea of Purim, of going back to Purim, means reflect upon what you used to think. You used to think that it was a natural event and and that God was not involved. But think again. Think again. Everything is a reflection of divine, of divine involvement and that's where the Atbash comes from. And so he explained to us, he explained to us why Pesach in the pasuk is called Meimacharata Shabbat because Shabbat is the word that describes the completion of the creation. It it's the the completion of the create the material creation in the first brachim of Breshi and it's also the completion of the ideological creation which created Am Yisrael, which is able to follow through on the Mach Shabbat, on the thoughts that I Kodesh Vogue had in creating the world. Okay, I'm going home. And did the two Shabbatot have to be consecutive? Well, I'm sorry. The two Shabbatot have to be consecutive, is that right? I don't know, it in not sense, it could be. Pesach is a Shabbat and Pesach is probably the most widely observed of the holidays But that, that's not why he's quoting that Gemara. He's quoting the Gemara to say that there are two kinds of Shabbat that have to be. That, but I understood just thinking uh, right there.